Hello, and welcome to the Told You So podcast. I'm Brink. And I'm Carla. And today we're going to be talking about deplatforming, but not just in the idea of, you know, kicking people off of social media, but a couple of other sort of uh, extensions of that as well, particularly the recent decision by Twitter to ban political advertising. I'm kind of happy about that. I can't <laughs> lie. <laughs> I know. Well, I uh, and I guess that's sort of, if we want to get right to the point of this issue, uh, deplatforming if somebody is literally not allowed to speak because people will, you know, physically attack them uh, before they can say a thing, then that would be a real problem. Um, but I, I don't know uh, if saying, yeah, you're not allowed to be on this stage uh, is really something that needs to be uh so worried about. I don't know. I, I think that there's obviously this is a complex issue. So I, what, what do you think, Carla? Um, so, I mean, with the Twitter thing, of course, from a First Amendment perspective, you know, all speech should be protected, even political speech. Uh, so I can see the case for like for a free speech. But then I'm like, it is a private platform. Uh, they can do what they want. And quite frankly, I am tired of political ads. I would le like a lot less politics in my life uh, if we could figure out how to ban them from TV <laughs> and our lives in general. I I'd be super happy. So, I mean, if I was Facebook, I'd be pretty psyched because I'm pretty sure they're talking about a lot of money, right? I, I mean, what do you think political ads run now? Billions of dollars, probably. Uh, no, I actually know that's I don't think that's true. I think it actually well, I need to I'll, I'll look it up while we're talking about something else. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, and and so I mean, for for me, deep platforming, we've seen that predominantly happening uh, with regard to the alt right, right? So yeah. it's sort of uh, Right, People. or like some some group that it's like their 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 speech is beyond the pale, so they can't do it here. Right, and I think the problem with that, and the reason for free speech above many other things, is just simply it's too hard to police. And I think that these platforms, having now experimented with the concept of controlling speech are probably very close to throwing up their hands or in the case of Twitter, just saying, eh, I don't even want to play in the sandbox anymore. Yeah. Right. right. Well, and it's also complicated by, um, obviously they're all under pressure from, uh, the federal from government the and the, legis well, the legislature. I mean, uh, they've all gotten called to testify in Congress. They're under immense pressure from the media because of the, you know, general narrative that, Everybody somehow had their brain rewired by the Russians by seeing, uh, you know, pictures of like Jesus say "Vote for Trump." <laughs> like, <laughs> was that an actual? Oh, man, ad? I don't know if you saw some. They were really hacky. It was like it was like Hillary, like a like a painting of Hillary Clinton with the devil, <laughs> and it's like every time a Hillary voter vote, the devil is happy. Like, oh wow! It, they were really. I mean, it was funny. I, I don't know how we talked about this on an earlier show, but if you looked into it, it was like they were targeting uh, – they wanted to cause chaos like and people believing what they already believed in even stronger, Right. if that so, makes sense. It was right. all like affirm your confirmation bias. Here's a meme to make you feel even better about the way you felt. And they were ridiculous. But it 
it's sort of that in some ways is so awesome, right? That we're at the stage where data is so accessible that you can truly like target. I mean, it's being used for the wrong reasons right now, I think, or just not that interesting reasons, or it's a it's a waste of energy reasons. Yeah. But like when targeted advertising works and it's something where I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, that's like totally something I would well, buy. Be that's really kind of awesome. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Amazon knows me pretty well now. <laughs> <laughs> and they suggest things that I want, kind of routinely. I, I saw a cute thing on uh, a meme that was on Facebook today that was a, w- a wife who played a prank on her husband. Yeah. And she saved all their Amazon boxes for six months and then, like, reconstructed <laughs> while he was at work. Yeah. And then he came home and there was, like, 500 Amazon boxes in front of the house. <laughs> and she was like, got you. <laughs> I feel like I have that in my garage right now. Um <laughs> So, so what's the verdict there on advertising oh, yeah. spending? Well, all right. So it's it's not just advertising spending, but like all told, uh, during the 2018 elections, candidates, parties, PACs, and outsiders combined spent about $5 billion. Wow. So that's, you know, it's not just advertising. That's probably organizing phone calls, you know, all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Consultants. Um, the... Which is a big industry in and of itself. But the advertising chunk is uh, not going to be, you know, a, a, a tiny drop in that ocean. It's going to be a chunk of it. I mean, if um, I look at just in my very limited experience as a two-time uh, Senate candidate here in New Hampshire, I mean, the only thing I've been able to figure out to spend money on was pretty much Facebook advertising, other than like once you have your signs and your T-shirts. Yeah. And I mean, it was kind of cool because it was like, oh, yeah, you could tweak these things. And right. certainly like back in the day when, you know, when we <laughs> when, when it was a lawless <laughs> frontier of advertising. Yeah, you but like, you know, you when, when, when I was closing the loop on the on the Free State Project stuff and getting those last signers, like you could target like one of the targets I did was Ron Paul and George Carlin. And I oh, was yeah. like, and hey, you, if those people like those two things are probably going to be our kind of people. Well, and because part of the. Anyway, this is like going way too deep in the weeds. Part of their their whole system used to be instead of the way now you can only target like people that like pages and stuff like that. They express their interest in different ways. Oh, it's really? Not I the, haven't tried to target something in a while. Yeah, it's not like the interests that they list. Like so originally with Facebook, they would ask you for the movies, TV shows, and bands that you liked and that stuff. And they would ask you to list that stuff out. And then they all turned into meta tags. So you could advertise stuff at people that like – liked Grey's Anatomy and the band Pavement and like you know make a t-shirt that's very that's specific like, who do you well, have in mind Mr. No, Brink no I'm just thinking of shows that I was aware of and a band that I really like but, <laughs> I do like Pavement but like uh, so anyway but you were able to target it much more like uh, granularly it's it, it's different now um, they have more like demographic specifications um, and they do have a certain amount of like interest targeting, but it's it's just different. And they also they control the interests that you can target. So like there's certain ones that they won't let you, you know, advertise towards. Right. Or or certain things. I mean, I remember when you uh, people used to be able to sell their guns, I think on yeah. Facebook like back in the day as well. Yeah. Like all of that is has uh, unfortunately been right. curtailed because we do not is that live a, in a is, free is, society. I was going to say, is that an unacceptable uh, impingement on free speech? Well, so the interesting thing for me and maybe something we can explore is whether these platforms, right, so like Facebook, Twitter, mm. where it's sort of like um, it's become the common square, right? It's yeah. sort of like where everyone comes together. Um 
whether that's like, I don't think it's a utility. Obviously, it's a private company and everyone's there voluntarily. But I think as we do more of this deplatforming, it's actually creating an opportunity for people like us because I think it's it's forcing people out of that milieu and back into like、mm. the real estate of the internet.、Yeah. And so it's like, well, if you keep shutting down these platforms, you're actually helping us to decentralize. I mean, maybe. I think the part of it is that. And the, I'm not like, sure who the us is there by that. I just. Yeah, mean. right. Who's the us? Yeah. No, I、um, will. No, that's right. Pe- like, like pe- people, people that are weird. Yeah. And, and just,、uh, you know, I mean, I do genuinely sometimes worry about. I, I don't think, like, nothing I say or do is extreme enough to get deplatformed, other than possibly, like, my police accountability work.、Yeah. I mean, I could see at some stage there being a tipping point where people just say, actually, now you're not allowed to criticize. You know, our, our armed forces and our, our you know,、right. like I, I could see that happening that and maybe happening faster. A cancelable offense. Yeah. Ha- well,、happening. especially as different, you know, identity groups adopt that as like a culture. I mean, man, when. <sighs> when, know, when, saw... when, when mass culture America decides they can cancel things, it's going to be really annoying. <laughs> when, people that like, when people that like the Transformers movie. Can cancel things. People are going to be very unhappy. Well, but here's the thing: it's it's like when the child who cries wolf, right? Or yeah, I think that's the one. So it's it's like if if, if people. That, well, although in that situation, it would be like instead of nobody believing the boy who cried wolf, everybody else was just like wolf, wolf, wolf. Okay, fair, All the time, but fair until、enough. nobody knew what was going on. Well, that's—I mean, I kind of feel like that's sort of where we're heading, and then that goes back to that whole concept. If if we are creating this community that, in real time, is all about looking someone in the you know in the face, because we're not going to be able to. It's either going to be filled with people screaming "wolf" or you know fire in a theater, or or you know or we're not even going to be able to all talk to each other, and then it's going to be like, hey, who who can we get around the bonfire? All right. So so far, I would sum up the argument that you are providing as oh good lord, please, I want I can't <laughs> wait. Tell, what did tell, I say? Yes, tell tell me if I'm wrong here, but <laughs> please.、No. Uh, so it's good. That the deplatforming stuff is happening because it will rapidly cause the abandonment of industrial civilization, so that we can talk around bonfires. I'm obviously joking. No,、um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess in a nutshell, that's that's. Well, I mean, yes, I mean, it sounds extreme, and I appreciate that, but I'm also like, I mean, I think part of the problem is no, just that、saying. we don't. No one really knows what the hell's going on. Well, and I think maybe part of like, I, and again, I, I apologize for the uncharitable recap. That was that was a pretty bad straw man of your position. But like, I think that、uh, there's been sort of two different opposing forces, which is that、uh, people have felt more like decentral or not decentralized, atomized. Like they don't know their neighbors,、um, and they don't. Feel like they're a part of the communities where they live, especially where it's places like it's a big apartment building and you don't know the people that live on either side of you.、Um, so you feel like there's not like a community, and then a lot of institutions that people used to be involved in on a regular basis are kind of falling apart, like fraternal organizations and churches and stuff like that. Also,、um, a result of statism, right?、And、right. The bigger like the state government expands, takes and, care of you in air、right. quotes, the less you sucks the air out of civil society,、mm. but.、Uh, I mean, so there's that that's happening, and at the same time, social media gives everybody like the illusion of community. 
So it, like it feels like knowing your neighbors because your neighbors are your people on your wall or whatever. Um, but like they're not your neighbors and all of it is a much more abstracted uh, existence. Like, cause it's not them. It's the, you know, this is true when you're talking to person face to face to a certain extent too, but like it's a, it's a verbal idealization of themselves where it's like, I only say witty, thoughtful things and I only look beautiful in pictures unless I'm being self-effacing, you know, like it's, it's a, it's a big constructed identity on a second order from the one that you're able to have time to construct when you're talking to a person. So so I've been mulling this idea where I was like, why, why do people say that is such a, a, a fake world and all of that? And, and I, I mean, to some extent it is, but it's like, uh, so that's kind of what celebrities do. Right. Mm. So they sort of create this, this persona and this thing. And so, couldn't you make the argument, I hate the word democratization, but couldn't you be like every person is becoming like the star of their own story? Yeah, to and, a certain extent. Right, which well, and I also think there's is a, a sense of empowerment, yeah. and that's actually like a good thing well, for Well, and because society. of the, the reach of these social networks, like they do also present the opportunity for becoming elevated to celebrity to right. any normal person. Right, like, influencers. All, right, all and, of a sudden yep. I tweeted and then, you know, Mark Hamill retweeted me and now 150,000 <laughs> people know my name. Right. You know, like that's a that's a very different uh, world. Like it's not like people that were – I saw the cutest – it was a resp- a 14-year-old wrote John Cleese a fan letter and he responded with this just really funny over the top where it's like, I'm very, very, very important. And I'm so important that I don't have time to be writing people like you. <laughs> but it's just re- – it was really funny. But, uh, you know, like there's there's – in that world – John Cleese was not when he finished a show going, oh, and make sure to follow at LaughMaster3000 on Twitter. He's <laughs> right. really great. You know, like that just isn't a thing that could even happen. Like it, it presents, uh, I guess, like the the boomer version is that like now everyone can be a guest on the Johnny Carson show. Right. On their own Johnny Carson show. I think he's trying to explain it in terms he thinks I understand. No, no, no. In, ter- in terms I would imagine that my grandparents would understand. Okay. Not, yeah, come on. <laughs> but so with the idea of, I mean, where do you stand on deplatforming? Are you? Uh, I'm ambivalent about it, to be honest. I mean, so there's, it's kind of complicated. <clears throat> Sorry, I was putting down a jug of water. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think that – well, I was just thinking about a parallel to this that wasn't discussed in the same terms. And it's funny because it was like a legal deplatforming. Um, but all those like FOSTA and SESTA laws that were passed, the like anti-sex um, work, sex trafficking stuff um, – that like shut down the personal section on Craigslist, if yeah. I remember correctly, and and, and the back page, yeah. and but like I mean, think about that, like talk about deplatforming. Workers. Well, not just sex workers, but like it took down a personals column, right? Like it was determined that speech of like I would like to meet somebody romantic, like you know what I mean, like right. that's or passing on the subway, you on the eight train, right, me yeah. on the Q train, eleven forty seven on know. a Thursday night, you no were more... biting a strawberry. <laughs> Donut. It means, and none of us get. We don't get any more best of Craigslist. It's like it's a tragedy in a certain sense. But nobody talked about that in in the terms of deplatforming. Um, and I think that it wasn't as like obviously there were people that were out there making this case that it's a First Amendment 
common thing. Um, I but, made that case. <laughs> yeah, but I, people don't remember it that way. And if right. you think about it, it's the same thing. And it's one of those things where it's like the ACLU supported the Illinois Nazis because they have a right to expression just like anybody else, even though they're odious. Blah, right. you know. right, um, right. It's like flip side. People, you know, people on one side see sex workers as odious. But like you have to stand up for everybody if you're going to have this, have the idea that like deplatforming is always wrong. Um, I, and I, I don't know. Ideologically, I feel like everybody deserves the right to speak. At the same time, the conflicting value is that, you know, there's free association. And uh, if I build a stadium... See, and that's then, maybe like, where my frustration comes in with the free association. I think where the mistake is being made by the these media uh, platforms is that they're saying... To be on the platform, you have to conform to these community standards because I think the community standards are overbroad and they lean towards a more protective sort of trigger warning, sort of soft mm. uh, paternalism, for lack of a better term, maternalism, maybe nannyism. And so I kind of feel like if they maybe set it up where they had like three levels of tolerance, so you could be like, I'm a green. You can say what, like, I don't care, right? right? And I'm a, I'm more an orange, and yeah. I'm more a red. I only want to see, you know, like Bambi with wings under well, a rainbow. I mean, I so those. I think if we were like setting up, you know, the <laughs> the government free speech arena, where you know the government would host it, and so they would be like, "Hey, First Amendment, whatever." Like that's the kind of rule if you were setting up like a public utility. But for Facebook and for Twitter, like what they're gauging is it's a cost benefit analysis of like, all right, if but we if we make this decision, well, all right, but listen, if we make this like, think about how much work that would take to categorize no, each totally thing. Automate. No, you go in and, and that's, part and of all your of it signing be, document, right, is so instead of just the I click, I agree, you're yeah. like, I agree for these three levels. And then they can just do the software on the back end and I'm just magically waving <laughs> just, my yeah. hands here. Just get it done. But, I mean, we know it can be done because they're, they're target. I mean, look at how sophisticated all those things are now. You're telling yeah, they me make they money. Be like, they make money off of everything that they've spent on ad targeting. They would make no money on the production of levels no, of offense setting for posts. But you would because certain advertisers would be like, I only do Disney advertising. Everything is green in my world. Well, uh, red, <laughs> red, green. Okay, we can figure out the colors. So make them entirely different colors. But you could actually do it where, I mean, I almost feel like maybe some podcasts do this now where you can say like, oh, you swear and you... Oh yeah, you know whatever. I did notice that Spotify <laughs> auto auto figured out they were like explicit so, <laughs> next to our podcast. Oh really? Which is like oh my. <laughs> oh dear, because I I did I dropped a lot of f bombs on the last show, which I think was the most I'd ever done. <laughs> I was clearly upset about you know. Um, yeah, <laughs> things that we're not the goings on about. the goings on here. Um, the in, incident. In, in, New Hampshire. But anyway, so like I just feel like there's market <laughs> solutions to these problems. Well, and I, I I so like the the glib side of me is like, well, if that's true, then why isn't someone making money doing it? You know, um, I mean the real <laughs> challenge as we see as we try to steer the ship that is statism into a less titanic place. Yeah. Um <laughs> what Facebook has now is they have the, the, like there's capture right there's mm -hmm. there's this internet capture like I don't go to 
I when I open the internet in the morning, I go to Facebook. I yeah. don't go to my new sites or whatever, right? And so it's like they've taken the real estate. And so for me, it's like, oh, I want to, you know, like on my blog, Carla Garrick dot com. Nice. <laughs> um, Easy you, to remember. Uh, um, you can. You know, so I'm trying to stake a piece of real estate there because for a long time I was just posting whatever on Facebook. Right. And I was like, no, wait a second. Like, no, this is my content that I can share yeah. there. And so maybe, I mean, Well, I think people- also a lot of, I mean, and again, I, I don't want to sound like dismissive about this, but a lot of this stuff, like, it'll, it'll, it seems so important right now, but it'll pass because like nothing lasts. And none of these right. It's like those companies from the eighties, and everyone was like, "We have to take this monopoly down." And now they don't exist. But here's the thing: you you see, I do think that as we have more regulations and laws and stuff, I think that the the and the collusion between you know the cronyists, the state, and the and the bigger companies, the big pharma, the big tech, the big whatever. I do think that the monopolies are getting harder to bust, and they're not really trying anymore. I mean, the last one was Microsoft, right? And there are a couple of rumblings about Facebook right now, but it's yeah. not going to happen. You know why? Because they are sharing information with the, <laughs> with government, the government in a very evil way. But above and beyond that, too, though, like I, I don't think – I mean what what would the regulatory barriers stopping somebody from creating something like Facebook be? Like, I, I, like no, the, there's not a regulatory barrier. The problem is to get – people to move from one thing right. to I mean come on we've both but, worked right, no, on like, like lots a, of projects with lots of people yeah like, like remember like when you try to get someone off like Outlook onto Google Calendar and then you're trying to get someone right. from Trello onto no, or Yahoo show, you know, events like whatever Yahoo right yeah. whatever it is right so like all of which all... have been retired because Facebook came up with a better solution but it's a better solution based on their user base so you know, my guess is that what will happen is no it's <laughs> it'll, it'll engagement be like... it's because everyone's there like if, if you're right. running like I you know we all crowdsource we all work with different groups of people yeah. the idea of like companies like none of us are company men anymore like no, we're just part of the part of their projects. part of the solution that and they provide is they there. they made it fun for people to give all their personal information to a company so that everybody can communicate well, with for, them. For me, it was just literally <laughs> like if I was like, oh, I have to message this person about some volunteer work. I'm like, right. oh, I bet you I could get them on Facebook in the next 10 minutes because everyone's on there or yeah. has a way to get contacted. But I guess and what I'm shifting saying... people from that, it's not going to be regulatory. It's right. like how do you make it – how do you – like no one's been able to crack that yet. I mean we've tried yeah. at least eight different platforms. I mean, yeah, I but have, I'm, not and... a, I'm not a you know social media network creation entrepreneur. Yes, and you I, are. I, <laughs> No, I, I think that in that situation, I have no comparative advantage. I'm not – I have nothing to provide. So like my thought on it honestly is that like someone smarter than me will figure this out and I'm not going to worry about it. Well, right. But in the mean, <laughs> fair enough. But in the meanwhile, you know, so people are being – Deep platforms. I mean, do we care? Like, I, I, maybe the question is, is it are people being deplatformed for the right thing? Well, you know? I, well, all right. So let's let's talk about the meaning of deplatform too. So I have like, there's different problems where, uh, like web hosts like blacklist somebody. I think that there's, I mean, I don't know if that would like require a law, but I feel like it's wrong if if every you know I can recognized hosting service in America said this individual is on a blacklist and we won't do business with it. Like that is a, 
that's that's a problem to me, and I don't know how to articulate it. But it's it's like a bunch of businesses colluding to deprive someone of a really fundamental means of communication, um, which is strange. You know, like it would be really messed up if a telephone company all said like we will never like all telephone company we will never do business with this John Smith. We refuse He's to install a phone line yeah, there, no and if he cell picks phones, up no a, phone, yeah. a call box phone, you know, you cut right, them we'll, off. Yeah, we'll have policies to make sure that he can't. You know, that's like that sounds crazy. Right. So I think that the idea that people can lose their web hosting. I mean, but again, that's up to each individual company. And it is a liability if there's somebody that has a see, website about like, shitty I if hate you... Jewish people and you're the you're the guy that hosts that. Like as a business, you, you can you can say, I don't want to host this material. Well, but the, even there, there's a market solution, right? Where the person could just be like, like I could go one a web hosting where I'm just like, look, my, my shtick is actually just free speech. I'm right. just going to turn a blind eye. We have no rules here. Everyone do what they want. Right. Right. But my and guess so, is that wouldn't I mean, be commercially. I guess that's 4chan or 8chan. Right. Well, but even, even that, I, I don't know. I wonder, you know, is that a, is that a charity or is that a business? You know what I mean? Because I, how, like with that audience, it, to me, it's a, it's a difficult audience to make money off of. Like the most marginal and well, audacious. Well, that's the question, voices. right? Like, it's kind of like I don't know. Would would um, would there be like? Is there is there this like? I just really genuinely have no idea. But is there is there a large white supremacist like subculture where they're like, yeah, we want to buy our Nazi mugs for Christmas, right. and you know, like I I just have no idea. But maybe there is. In which case, there's probably a market opportunity right. for someone out there. Not mine. I don't want to do it. <laughs> But, I'm not you know, making your Nazi mugs. But, but it's quite, <laughs> but it's quite possible that also that you know, like half the white supremacists in America are probably currently government officials <laughs> also, who have infiltrated. <laughs> like, I mean, no. Well, that but, was there was an FBI report anyway about uh, like white supremacist infiltration in police departments. Like that was a. It was a thing that the FBI And that's not out. even the one I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about one I read in, in – it was in Kentucky, and there was this KKK group, and there were six people in the group, which is, first of all, like, okay, like, come on. It's, this is not really a rampant problem. It's wrong, but it's not <laughs> rampant. And then it turned that's out – That's just the KK. It's not all three Ks. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so it turned out out of these six people, three of them – were three undercover agents from three different agencies. <laughs> <laughs> so there were really wow. only three races. <laughs> and three different and, and law enforcement officers yeah, that didn't know each other. Yeah, and I was just other. like, wow, maybe we don't have enough crime to support the level of uh, enforcement It sounds we, like they're on top supporting. of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> if they're 50% of the, the so, participants. So are, do people get deplatformed for anything other than racism? So the Me Too, right? So that was sort of more the sexual harassment. Yeah, but that wasn't like deep. That was more. That was more canceled than deplatformed. Okay, so so canceling so, yeah. to you means? Uh well, I guess like in the, in the modern parlance, it seems that it means that like your career's over. We don't want to hear from you. Like you don't exist, and and uh, I mean I think what we're gonna learn I turn over my back time, on you. <laughs> sure, um, and what we're gonna learn over time is those things are gonna last a certain amount of time. It's gonna be right. sort of this time punishment, and then people and will then, be making comebacks. Right. And you know what? It's already a thing that's happening. You didn't 
come up with something new. People used to do this all the time. I know, you know, there's before a whole song there was R. Kelly <laughs> and the sagas of R. Kelly, there were other dirtbags in the history. Like nothing, none of this is new, right? Just the way we're dealing with it. And also the numbers, right? Because yeah. when we talk about the democ- de- democratization yeah. of, you know, information and how people interact. I mean, that's really just it, right? So it's like, oh, if your Twitter account gets, if you're popular and your Twitter account gets canceled, that's yeah. going to hurt a lot, right? Yeah. That, you know. Right. Well, and that's because that's like your means of communication. And again, it's, so I mean, part of this is also that like people need to be smart and like build that email list and like maintain that website. Yeah, I need if to be you doing a better job. Like get that canceled, stuff. and you're relying on somebody else to maintain your audience. Sorry, you're out of luck. Um, which, frankly, it seems like that's what has been the result for a lot of like that dude Milo Yiannopoulos, and like you know he he got embroiled in one controversy after another, and then he got like a fatal you know coup de gras with the like interview where he said things that were beyond the pale even for his supporters <laughs> and now you know he, he doesn't have a business oh, he, wow. he used to be in the outrage business and now he doesn't have a business yeah so, like, you see, well, but that's so also, maybe he should have been like maybe that is the market at work too but maybe also let that be a lesson maybe the outrage you know? business is a bad business and maybe less it, people should be in it but and, <laughs> <laughs> genuinely, well, it's just, it's, I'm not even sure that it's a bad business, but it's not a sustainable business, yeah. right? Because you can't keep re-upping. I mean, I was like, well, like, what can be the most horrific, you know, like, have we reached peak insult, peak right. gross, peak, like, like, there's only so many things. Yeah, you can only you build know? up so much of a tolerance, too. It's not like, uh, yeah, you like, I, I know what you're saying. I, you, what will be the next wild thing that a person appears to have a following for saying and then it's like wait a minute right that next one was too far i mean i, I could i can almost see i think where a, the business is going to go for these things from outrage culture to sort of redemption culture right mm. i i can see like there's going to be a lot of me culpa remember that and- racist woman from the airline that got fired now she runs a charity for under yeah like right right See, and maybe, and, and maybe actually that's we're virtuous. even starting I don't to know. see that a little bit. I mean, I definitely did see some like denouncements from some ladies with the alt right who were all like, Oh, we were brainwashed. And oh, yeah, I got you know, well, and, or, I and realized take... that there was a problem when I was at this book burning <laughs> one Saturday night, right? And, no, there, there was in one... my pinafore, <laughs> <laughs> right? In my 19th century garb, but uh, no, there was one woman that uh. It was more, you know, she took more responsibility than, like, I was brainwashed. You know, it's just that there was, like, a, a culture, that a subculture that they were a part of. And uh, I don't know. It's it, I think it's interesting that people – it's paid a lot more attention to, probably, again, because of social media. And it's because it's visible. Like, this isn't something that – and people will say, like, ooh, but never people didn't think it could be out in the open before. But, like, where would it be out in the open like that before where literally anyone in the world could read it? Like, there's no message board where – racists in the 80s would have been able to have a global audience okay and i hate to i hate to interrupt you but i'm like well i was gonna say we were saying what could be like the next outrage thing was it was gonna like shock people <laughs> yes. and i was like but if you look at how much different kinds of porn there are i feel like perhaps we have just given the world a challenge right where it's like oh carla <laughs> we can offend people will you. be finding new things forever <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, with all this, actually, you know where it is going to come in. It's going to be with uh, biohacking and bioethicists and 
all of that stuff. Oh, That's transhumanism. Be your, well, yeah. You speaking know. of, I don't know if you are, so, and maybe this this is the opportunity for uh, a phrase to be said. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but there was this story that apparently, and, and this is bad. Like I, I'm like also ambivalent about transhumanism in in that like. I'm going to let a couple dozen people upload their brain before, like, I become a bodiless, voiceless entity in the void for all eternity. I did get my LASIK surgery in, like, 2000, so I was an early adopter. No, I'll I'll let other (laughs) people... You'll send me in first. (laughs) I'll let other people test the wet works out. I mean, for real. That's, like, really, it's a sci-fi dystopia story in waiting, but... At the same time, people should be bold and be able to do whatever they want. No, but Jeffrey Epstein was a, was a major supporter of transhumanism, and he was going to be cry. He wanted to have his head and his uh, little head cryogenically oh. preserved. Wow! And uh, there was he was working like that was one of the things that he was trying so to fund at MIT. So maybe he didn't was, kill himself so he could be cryogenically. Well, that's to, that's the theory. To if if you believe that. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> and who doesn't? <laughs> That's one of the one of the the bolstering supports after the release of this information. It was because it, he he was working with this guy at MIT, and like Steven Pinker was like, "I'm not getting near that." Oh, <laughs> like, wow! Because like, wow. he wanted to have like a new race, not like a not race race, but like a new species of more evolved human. Of course, based on his DNA. And of course, he had to hang on to his junk to tra- oh, wow. travel into the future. Wow. But uh, yeah, I mean, so the idea is that if if that if he was that into it, would he have you know messed up the goods so that he couldn't get frozen? <laughs> wow. I mean, here's I mean, you know, they're doing a disclaimer. Some really... I'm not making any statement about the validity of those ideas or whatever. So so <laughs> speaking of d- deplatforming, look at me bringing this back, folks. Nice. Um, Errol Morris. Pretty much uh, got deep. Pla- I don't know if it was deep platforming and more cancel culture, yeah. but uh, so he's a filmmaker, right? And he made a documentary about Steve Bannon. Okay. So Errol Morris made uh, Thin Blue Line back in like the seventies or eighties. Mm-hmm. It was um, he. He makes like really thoughtful documentaries. Yeah. Uh, that have won many, many, many awards over the years, and so he made this documentary about Steve Bannon because he was just like fascinated. He's not. He's he's. That's describes himself as, you know, he's a lefty and he was like, I'm more left than Bernie Sanders, I think yeah. he said, right? So he's he's somewhere there on the spectrum. And he, uh, there's a really good interview actually with uh, Nick Gillespie from Reason. And he talked just a little bit about that whole experience where he was like, wow, like I could not get this movie shown. Like I couldn't huh. get it. Because um, it was about Steve Bannon. Yeah. Like like that that people are yeah, having is, this sort of like visceral able, reaction, right, and is, then is not being able to do a theatrical release for a movie getting deplatformed. Well, they, there's that because right? that happened to that movie. Uh, the which one? Uh, what the heck was it called? It's like Happy Something Day, and it was about like a bunch of rich liberals that hunt people from the heartland. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. and and um, I mean the question becomes: Is that or here's an example of censorship? Because maybe that is in I mean in some ways all of this right. The flip side of the First Amendment is this idea of censorship, and so who right. who gets to censor for what reasons right. is really what basically is what we're, we're exploring. But like there was this documentary called uh, Root Causes, yeah. which was like I mean it was hacky science, uh, maybe not even science. I mean it was like, but it was this guy who had posited a theory that root canals 
make people sick and that's why people get certain kinds of cancers and all this stuff. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember and it was pretty. That. It was pretty interesting. Like, I watched it and I was like, huh, that's definitely something I want to read more about. Like, I didn't yeah. walk away with like, yes, this one guy has cracked the code to everything. <laughs> but I was like, oh, that's interesting. And that movie got banned taken down off Netflix because of a complaint from the Dental Association. Right. Well, banned is the wrong word. It was taken off Netflix. Yes. You could probably buy the DVD without him being subjected right. well, to wire fraud or something. So, yeah. I mean, I guess banned is an overstatement, but... I mean, it's a, it's a form of deplatforming, yeah. right? So, but here's the well, thing. That's, yeah, the terminology here, actually, that's interesting. And I know that, like, word arguments are silly arguments most of the time. But I think that people conflate a lot of different words to mean the same thing. Sure. And maybe that's the source of, like, a lot of confusion in these discussions. Well, ultimately, I do think it boils down to censorship. Mm-hmm. We can say whether we think it's public or private. We can also talk about where that merging happens, if they're all licensed and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. But, I mean, the way the world's supposed to work is you're supposed to put your silly ideas out there and then people should vet it. So instead of the um, dental association saying, let's take this this um, movie down, they could just have said, you know, d- you know, let's give it a one-star rating. Let's get our all right. the dentists in the, the world truth. to be like, this is bunk for this reason. Let's take this and whatever. And we could have actually learned something instead of saying, no, you're not allowed to explore these ideas. So, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, that's really the, the also the other source of this whole argument is the idea of, uh, you know, John Stuart Mill, can good speech crowd out bad speech or can bad speech end up winning somehow <laughs> like that's the basics of it is you know it's a uh, the enlightenment idea that good speech the truth will prevail because it's more convincing because it's true right and we <laughs> want to be able to explore ideas and i guess what i find troubling and i know we should wrap up soon but so so the danger i think with all of these things that are happening is we're making it harder for people to explore ideas explore truth right. come to conclusions come to things you know the world is extremely complex we really have no idea what we're doing we should be writing a lot less things down and just figuring things out because we don't know everything yeah. and the hubris to think we do and like why not treat life like this giant experiment that it is and right. be like let's explore all these things and if you like if you just let the assholes be around right. they just they, they kind of move to the margins as it is you know right. so I almost feel like we, we give these people a lot of weight by giving them our attention as well yeah well I mean it, I, I don't know I'm, I'm still conflicted about it I think that you know, for these businesses, I understand what they're doing because it's the same as like they're becoming more and more like a TV network, you know, in in that they're at the mercy of their advertisers. And that's the bottom line. See, and but TV I don't network think it all comes the time. from the advertisers. Does it really? Or does yeah. it come from these waves? Oh, of no, it's just the advertisers. People. The people don't matter. People can yell and shout all they want. It's when it's when the people add up to advertisers saying, I don't know if I want to be involved in that anymore. You know what I mean? That's the that's the problem for for these companies, because at the end of the day, they're you know, they're public companies. It's their primary commitment is to the shareholder. And if they're not uh, pursuing that commitment, they're in violation of their fiduciary duty. So, like, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Although even that 
I mean, and this is a topic for another day, but that is, <laughs> but that is the challenge of that's that whole model of uh, compassionate capitalism and whether right. companies really should be doing that and getting into the social sphere and sort of saying we stand for these things beyond just giving you cheap widgets from China, you right. know, where it's like, oh no, it, it has be a charitable to be enterprise too. Yeah, you know, and 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 I think all of that's cool, and I think that there are interesting, awesome things that are going to happen over time. Yeah. But um, you have to be making pretty incredible margins <laughs> to do it in a meaningful way. I, I mean, you got to be skinning people. <laughs> it's, you know, I, <laughs> really, for real. I mean, if you're selling widgets and you're making a penny a piece, good luck doing a whole lot of social justice work. Yeah. But, uh, yeah if yeah. you are just taking them to the barbershop and giving them a haircut, then <laughs> you've got lots to work with. Well, I mean, <laughs> You see it in the pricing, right? Like John Mackey, Whole Foods. I mean, that yeah. you know, that's where that sort of compassionate com- uh, capitalism, certainly the, the one I'm familiar with. And I mean, Whole Foods is whole paycheck for a reason. I have <laughs> I priced that into that compassion is priced into what you pay. And, totally. You know, and and lest we forget, with someone like Elizabeth Warren, where it is not priced into right. the program. Did you see it's going to be forty two? Percent sales tax? <laughs> no, no. But only the rich are going to feel it. Oh, right, yeah. right. Yes, that's how it works, right? Yeah. America, twenty thirty, where just... everything's free but you. <laughs> but, no, but no one can have any of it because it doesn't exist. Right, right. <laughs> but check out our first episodes where we talk about socialism. We have covered these topics. Why that might be the situation? Um, yeah. So I mean, I think uh, there's again these are really like complex topics, and I think that we'll see. Over time, uh, whether they are worthy of the amount of drama that they're causing in society today, uh, but there are some pretty central like free speech speech issues, and I think that the upsetting thing is that um, the opportunity to glibly dismiss free speech as some ridiculous concept. Uh, when an obviously terrible person is kicked off of a platform, I, I don't like seeing that triumphalism. Um, Yes, bad ideas should be defeated and relegated to the dustbin of history, but uh, like the way that you do that is through open debate most of the time, and denigrating the concept of free speech is somehow like privileging evil or it's crazy yeah, because you're and, able to say that because you're free to say it. And, and, and in and, your world, somebody, if you think that you can compel other people, like somebody could tell you that you're not allowed to say that. I <laughs> Actually, what, what this reminds me of now is back in the day when Larry Flint, you know, when he was the uh, publisher of Hustler. Yeah. And, um, I mean, he went to court, right? He got shot by someone. He's, he, yeah, in a wheelchair because a wheelchair. of wheelchair. And he went to court in a American flag diaper, which... <laughs> was pretty offensive (laughs) while he was in a First Amendment case. So we're talking about someone who desecrated the flag, right, per, you know, some people's views, uh, although that is protected First Amendment speech, who got shot for his principles and was still fighting, but no one took Hustler away. Right. You know, so yeah. so maybe the, the analogy here and what I'm trying but, to get I mean, but at But the reason is being there is he was his he, own publisher. He, uh, exactly. Yeah. And so maybe that's something we should think about and explore at some stage. And that gets back to that idea of if you have your own real estate, your own little page, yeah. then at least like when these other things change, you'll still have your little island on the internet to say, yeah. this is mine. Your own channels of communication. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll leave you on that somewhat confusing note. (laughs) (laughs) 
Hey, it wouldn't be a Told You So podcast if uh, it wasn't somewhat confusing yeah. well, and lightning delightful. Well, and it's confusing because life is confusing. Entertaining, you know? hopefully. Yeah. So thanks again so much for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.